The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Slam. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to another edition of the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. With me, as always, is head of Corey Fatoni's fan club, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And sadly, not with us this week is Brian Goers, who is uh, suffering from hoof and mouth disease. Previously, uh, an illness I thought only horses and cattle got. No, no, unfortunately, that uh, Brian has contracted it some, some way. We won't, we won't, we won't speculate it, as to how. His immune system is much weaker than I expected. <laughs> yes. Well, we're here, and um, maybe it's good Brian's not here because he doesn't have to go through this muck and talk about what a despicable game we watched. Well, he just. Bring up a bunch of awful, awful stats that no one wants to listen to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess what we're... I'm surprised we didn't change the opening from the, our usual theme music, just a fucking funeral march. <laughs> it was brutal. It, uh, it was brutal. Missouri lost to LSU by a score of, I think, 42-7. to 7. Yeah, in the previous show I had talked about, like, hey, you know, with the optimism for the new program and LSU kind of being mm-hmm. on hard times, like... Maybe I made a mistake not investing in going down to Death Valley. I know. I really wanted to get down there. And felt but like, well, now I feel so much more vindicated in my decision to not go there. I, you know, road games, when it comes to investing in that, I, I'm always scared of my Missouri Tigers for just this exact very reason. I would be devastated if I dumped easily $1,000, you know, to oh, get to easily. easily. And then, uh, yeah, then that's what I saw. That mm-hmm. was my reward. Yeah. The big problem, I think, I, I as well as all Tiger fans, Felt like there was absolutely nothing positive to take away from this game. No, I mean, it's. I'm just lucky I didn't have paint thinner in my house because I would have been pouring it into my eyes easily into the second quarter. Yeah, I kind of wish you had. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. I mean, and the thing is that we've been talking about all season long, things are improving, things look good. You know, maybe not good, but the, all, the, all the pieces seem to be coming together in the right direction this year after the abysmal year of 2015. And this was exactly a 2015 game where there was yeah. nothing positive to take nope. away at all. There was no joy to be had from watching this game. No, I can definitively say now that um, LSU is better than Delaware State. <laughs> it's a hot take, I know. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of people wouldn't put that out there. Yeah. But uh, I think it's fair to say now that LSU is slightly better than Delaware State. God damn, it was awful. The defense played miserably. The offense played miserably. It was like 2015. There's nothing possible. I mean, they had one trickeration play for a mm-hmm. touchdown, and that was cool. It would have been super cool if, if it, it had happened in a competitive game. And it mattered, yeah. Yeah, it was just a fucking throwaway that you... Uh. Yeah. Drew Locke was uh, Matty Mock incarnate. He was inaccurate. Our receivers, 
Listen, I'm, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. I'm sick of Jamon Moore. Okay, I'm sitting I'm back s- in my chair. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing what a great player he is. I've watched this guy do some nice things, but ultimately he drops fucking balls. On the biggest stages, he disappears. He is not an elite receiver. He is a middling receiver who just happens to be the best receiver we have. Right. He's not consistent. He doesn't do anything flashy. He has lots and lots of drops. Drops are key important parts of the game, too. I mean, it, like you said, he, he never steps up to the moment. And I think that is the most frustrating thing I found about this game is that, once again, we were at a point, we are at a juncture in our season where we could take a step forward and turn things around and become relevant in the bigger picture of college football, and certainly in the SEC. And when the moment comes, we shit down both legs. And mm-hmm. this is something for two years we've been dealing with this. The first thing it reminds me of is a season that actually ultimately went well in 2014 whenever Georgia came to town. We got a little excited because Nick Chubb had been suspended on some bullshit suspension, but, you know, or no, I'm sorry, not Nick Chubb, but uh, uh, Todd Gurley, and we discovered Nick Chubb at that point. But uh, anyway, that was a, the first game where it's like, okay, here's an opportunity where we can really do something, and instead we do absolutely nothing. We, like, completely choke yeah we we just paralysis and that's exactly what happened here and and like we talked about off air colin that is a symptom of coaching yeah and this is i think this is the first instance where we can look at the barry odom administration and say y'all fucked up because they weren't ready for this game in any any capacity when is this team not going to just break your heart at the biggest stage i mean when are they not going to wilt when the bright lights are brightest i mean we do some good things we do some you know, we've had some great seasons, but the theme remains the same. When the lights are brightest, we are a shrinking violet. It, it almost seems like they're content to be in the realm of the Vanderbilts and the Kentuckys, because that's what happens if you don't ever step up to the moment. And in order to get to the next level, you're going to have to win games no one expects you to win. And at this point in the season, despite how the sort of weird scores have been with the blowouts of the bad teams and the close game against Georgia, ultimately our record is exactly what our detractors would have predicted it to be. And so we're not doing any better. You know, we are, at this point, we were false optimists. Well, let's talk about specifics. So Drew Locke was inaccurate. He threw interceptions. He was, he was just bad. He was just bad. I mean, for all the hype and the glory and all the, in the games up into this, when the lights were brightest, Drew Locke failed. Uh, Let's talk about the defense. Oh, goddamn. Mm. LSU averaged eight yards a carry. Eight. And that seems to be successful. Yeah, that would, that would be successful under most circumstances, yes. <laughs> Our defense was fucking terrible. They couldn't tackle. Our defensive line is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. I'm ready to— D-line zoo. D-line zoo. D-line we zoo. took Josh Heupel and we brought him in to replace the worst offensive coordinator ever. And Josh Henson. Yes. And then to counteract that, we brought in DeMonte Cross— to completely dismantle our defense, which was great, mm-hmm. and, in a single offseason. and I, I maybe With I the same players. Yeah, I maybe I shouldn't be too hard on Devonte because all uh, signs point to this was Odom's idea as much as Devonte Cross's. But all right, experiment over. Your defense defensive scheme sucks balls. Yeah, it sucks I, balls. You don't stop the run like you sw- say. That's the reason you're going to do this defensive scheme is we're going to stop the run. We're going to fill gaps. Blah blah blah. Eight yards. Of, eight yards of carry. <laughs> eight yards of carry. We're going to stop that run, and. Uh, we only have to sacrifice tons and tons of sacks that we were getting. Mm-hmm. So we're now not sacking the quarterback. We're now not stopping the run. One of the things that I think makes Bill Belichick so good, one of the things that makes me so frustrated with almost every other coach on the planet, is this unwillingness to change, this fucking hold on to something that doesn't work with both hands because it's your plan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
Fuck you. Do not dismiss a plan because this is not your plan. Fuck yourself. Absolutely. So DeMonte, I mean, this is the first week where I'm like, maybe Barry Odom isn't the coach for this team. And maybe that's way too early to say. But what I mean is, is that this is a decision that they've made that is bad. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be changing. And Barry Odom obviously didn't have this team up to play. They were not prepared. The defense is horrible. Like, all the things that were going right up until this point can be directly attributed to Josh Heupel. And that was Barry Odom's decision. But aside from that, what on this team have we seen that makes you go, wow, Barry Odom's really got something figured out here? Because on the biggest stages, you know, we shit down both legs. Well, I think the honeymoon period is over. That's what this game is. It also is a point where they've been telling us, this is a new defensive scheme. It's going to take a little while to get used to it. It's different than what we saw, but don't worry, it'll work out. No, just hear me out. I agree with you. But what I'm saying is, this was we, we weren't happy with what we were seeing. This is the final exam on the new scheme, and the end result is a failure. Complete yeah. failure. F grade. F yeah. grade on this defensive scheme. Stop it. We were unhappy Do with our, what we did when we were good. We were unhappy with our top ten division one college football defense. Yeah, why was, would we like that? No, that's 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 low bar there. So mm-hmm. let's completely flip it on its ear and suck all around. You know, it mm-hmm. just it's well, and, and I'm not saying Barry Odom isn't the coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying that this was the first time since Barry Odom's taken over in a very young season that I go in, uh oh. Because mm-hmm. I mean up to this point I've been like, I think Barry Odom's a good choice. I think he's gonna right the ship. And this was the first game where I thought, oh, it occurred to me that maybe Barry Odom might fail. Right. Well and and, and, and I'm going to be very soon getting tired of the narrative that the reason Barry Odom is a great coach is because after we fuck up really badly, he puts his arm around the guy who fucked up mm-hmm. and coaches him up and is, is there for him and is a player's coach. That's all well and good, but stop fucking up. You know, yeah, so- I'm ready to have him like fist bump when his guys do something good because he's coached him up. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach either. I'm not saying get rid of Barry Odom, but I'm, I want there to be more evidence of good coaching than just him being really supportive when his guys fuck up. I'm tired of the fuck-ups. Well, and, you know, obviously after being down by three touchdowns, the game was essentially over. But the game was not over within the first quarter. No. Because they had opportunities. Jamon Moore had a huge drop. Yes, he did. To kill a drive. Uh, Chris Black on the next drive had a huge drop to kill a drive. Was it Newsom? Literally had an interception go... Through his hands. Yeah. I mean, there were opportunities. Not just an interception, Colin. It was an interception on LSU's own 25-yard line that we would have been in, if nothing else, field goal position yeah. to be to go ahead early in the game. And that's what we had to do when so we go to Death Valley. If we cash in down. on those things, it's a different game. But you know what? That's Missouri. We don't cash in on those things. No. We shit down both legs. This is the game. I don't need you to make interceptions against Delaware State. Delaware State is going to take care of itself. They're terrible. Right. I need you on the biggest stage in Death Valley, under the lights, at 6.30, in the prime time, to make that interception and not fuck it up. I need Jamon Moore to be consistent. Because fuck, oh, he had, well, he's a, consistent. he had 900 yards and 18 touchdowns against Delaware State. He's the, well, this Jamon Moore guy, he's a real, no, he's a fucking drop machine who shits down both legs when the lights go on. I'm sick of the Jamon Moore talk. He is going to have to re-win back my support because to this point, I just feel like he is a fucking Brian Goers-esque. Never there. Yeah, well, I mean, just Brian Goers-esque autoerotic asphyxiation choke out. Mm-hmm. Disease riddled. Yes. Presumably. Well, I'm, this I'm analogy not going to, you know, well, I, I wasn't going to draw that comparison because I don't know that he's uh-huh. nearly as disease riddled as Brian, but well, so it wouldn't be fair to Jamon. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this level of uh, anger we're express, expressing Brand. is right there with everybody else. You know, before I let you yammer on about something again, 
one of the things that pisses me off is it hurts us. It hurts our listenership. Yeah. Ratings go down when we lose. People yeah. want to listen when we win. People don't want to listen after a fucking 42 to 7 beatdown. I don't want to listen to it. I, yeah, I don't want to do a podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously angry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... When are you going to have a better... I mean, what, hey, in 14 years, we're going to get a shot at this guy, so relax. But when are you going to have a better chance to beat LSU? Mm-hmm. They just fired their coach. Their best player is injured. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even make it competitive. No. And that's, that is really... fuck's sake. Of all the games that I didn't think we were going to win at the beginning of the season, LSU is that game. Now, going into this week, I had really let my hopes get high. Way too yes, high. Way too high. And because, you know, all the pieces were there. You know, the, the coach firing, uh, one of the defensive guys went out, came back in apparently, um, and, then, and then Fournette sitting out. You know, mm-hmm. so theoretically, if there was ever a time for a team to come in and sneak out a win at Death Valley, this was it. But Missouri was not the team to do it. And so... But Jacksonville State scored 21 against... That, that's exactly right. And, and for fuck's sake, I just wanted us to look good against LSU. Yeah. To, to, to give as good as we got, and we did you know, not We're at that. least as good as Jacksonville State, I would hope. But we can't score 21 against them because it's not an issue of scheming. It's not an issue of talent. It's an issue of mentality. It's an issue of coaching. Like, we are just not prepared to deal with these circumstances. Mm-hmm. We just absolutely shrivel... And, You're and, so scared, and there's nobody, including the coaching staff, that seems to go into these games with a, I'm going to rip your fucking throat out, I'm balls to the wall, I don't care who mm-hmm. you are, we're going to punch you in the mouth. There seems to be this mentality of, like, we're pretty good, I think we can do this, mm-hmm. you know, here we go, and it's, we're brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, that kind of bullshit. And, oh, the other thing I wanted to say, too, in, in reading Joe Waljasper's latest piece, which was a scathing review of the game, which I thought was incredibly accurate, he talked about our strong suit, which is the offense this year. Mm-hmm. They have inherent flaws that any good team will will take advantage of, which is, one, is the fact that we have no real running game. Mm-hmm. And two, is the fact that because we have a tempo offense, if we have no running game and there's a good secondary, all it means different from last year to this year is we go three and out faster. Yeah, and they, the, the defense has 40 seconds to catch their breath mm-hmm. before they have to go butt heads with LSU again. And our receivers and our quarterback, they look good if the secondary we're up against is a step slower. But LSU certainly was not. Our mm-hmm. guys didn't have a step on anybody, not a single one of those receivers. Like I said, I don't want to blame anything but us being criminally unprepared having just a horrible mindset, but it, it also is apparent like when you're recruiting two and three star kids and they go up against what is a, you know, a team full of five star kids, you don't have that extra step. I mean, mm-hmm. the, our kids are having to overachieve to compete. I mean, it was, there was a talent gap on this game. There was a huge talent gap. Yeah, it's, it's particularly, I would, chasm. Say, I would say the talent gap was more apparent on our defensive side of the ball. And they had the advantage of one, they had, a couple of running backs who are just way outclassed for our defense. Mm-hmm. And two, with the new coaching staff, we knew that there were going to be a few wrinkles in what we could prepare for. We knew there were some unknowns, and we were utterly ill-prepared for that. I mean, any team would be to a degree, but we completely failed on that account. On the other side of the ball, I didn't think that we looked necessarily like we shouldn't be on the field with this team. It's just we didn't prepare. There was, there was really no excuse God, for playing offense as poorly as we did because we knew what this defense was capable of. We knew what LSU's defense brought to the game. And, again, it was like crappy little slants and crappy little screens and, and hey, long passes that didn't ever go for anything. Uh, Miami's defensive line is playing gangbusters. Yeah. I can't imagine that anyone in the world is more enjoying this more than Coach Cool. 
as he sits and watches our defensive line that was once so prominent get fucking worked, as he sips brandy and smokes a cigar and watches us get fucking manhandled at the line. Like I said, I don't know who to direct my anger at about the defense. Should I be Odom? Should it be DeMonte Cross? Should it be both? I don't know, but I'm angry at everybody. Colin angry, Colin smash is, is the crux of my whole show today yeah that's boils it down to that we can just end it right there yeah yeah i mean it was it was fucking awful and i don't i mean th- th- more miserable in a way than watching georgia yeah oh one yeah i mean you got two different types of losses you got the really let one get away we should have won it white knuckle oh shit what's going to happen loss and then you get this one which is a blowout where it looks like your team that you root for that you love is terrible at playing football yeah um frankly as much as it hurts in the moment i'll take that georgia loss every time no doubt over this because at so, least it's not fun. There's no embarrassing. Hope. It's it is. It's, it's in, not humiliating. It's it's exactly what it is. And the only plus side, I guess, you have to go forward is that there's no more LSU's on the schedule. Sure. And there's a string of games after this bye week, which I hope we'll use the entirety of the bye week to just beat the shit out of Jamon Moore and the rest of those guys for playing. I, like I hope they, they just they put an entire new defensive scheme or put the old one back in in this off week. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, like I said, they're just, I know they're just going to cling to it with both hands and say it's coming along, it's going to happen. But I think you can hear in the player interviews how frustrated they are with it. And why wouldn't Charles Harris be frustrated with it? All he sees is draft stock and millions of dollars going out the window for DeMonte Cross's fucking pride. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, your defense is terrible, but you were not going to change it. I guess that's fine, except it's going to cost me millions of dollars in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why should he be a team player and contrite about that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, I would be fucking furious too. Yeah. You know? One thing we haven't really even done, and I don't think there's any reason to, is go through any individual Why would we? Plays I, I can or... tell you exactly what this game was. We were three and out. Them run, 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 right down our goddamn throats. Occasional pass, run, run, run. Occasional pass, touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was the game. Us, no answer. Yeah. And the thing was is that part of what I'm talking about, the defensive line is like you see it with an eight-yard run average. Linebackers and safeties are making the tackles because our defensive line is not getting a paw on anybody. Gap control or whatever they want to say or blah, blah, blah. Nobody's getting anywhere near the running back on the defensive line. It's second-level tackling. At -hmm. least – I know what DeMonte Cross is going to say is like, oh, when you just run everybody up the field, you can get burned on the run. Well, when you're getting burned eight yards a clip, you know, you do occasionally hit a running back in the backfield if you're trying to rush the passer. Right. You know, it's I'll maddening. tell you, I'll tell you another guy who I felt was really exposed and frankly has been overrated is Michael Shear. Well, Michael Shear was just, uh, it's just a name everybody knows, but yeah, he's a, he was a mediocre middling I mean, he was, linebacker. He was talked up at the beginning is. of this season by a lot of the press. He's just, he just a senior. And listen, he's not a bat. I don't want to bust Michael Shear's he was, too he, back. He was invisible today. He or, was invisible. But, I mean, the thing is is that he's not a bad football player. He's just not Quintel Brothers either. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they were like. Well, the heir apparent of Quintel Brothers is going to be Michael Shear because he's the, mm-hmm. the he's guy next, in next line. to him. He's next in line. It's like, no, he's not. No, he's not Quintel Brothers. He's not going to play on Sunday. Yeah. And and I think, you know, when we talk about DeMonte Cross and Barry Odom, I do think there is an element where we just didn't even realize how important Brothers was to this defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we did realize it, but maybe we thought we could fill that gap a little bit better this year. Well, I think what you t- anticipate is that your defensive line is going to play so well as it has with the same players that, you know, the linebackers, while still important, are not, like, vitally important because your defensive line is so good. You know, nobody has – typically nobody has three levels of great defenders. You know, you're going to have some weaknesses somewhere, but our strength was our defensive line, and they have taken what was our strength and turned it into our Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. God damn it. Fuck this name. <laughs> this was in the Zodcast. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. And now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazadcast. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Well, it's Kansas news time, and uh, our first story is a uh, child's horse shot and killed in Kansas. Disturbing footage caught on surveillance video. Sure. So, pretty good uh, typical start to our Kansas news. Mm-hmm. Uh, child's horse was shot and killed Tuesday morning in Kansas. Disturbing images were captured on a Kansas Avenue neighbor surveillance camera. Danny Pinedo said, Every morning when I left for work, she would be there to say goodbye. She was always there. I would say goodbye to them. I never thought that would be it that morning. Early Tuesday afternoon, she. You got never there. thought a sh- horse would be shot. <laughs> really strange in, in Kansas. I mean, I guess I suppose he should have at least a fifty-fifty chance every yeah, day. He should have floated the possibility at least. <laughs> yeah. Early Tuesday afternoon, she got a call that a seven-year-old mare named Honey had been shot and killed as she stood along the fence line in her favorite spot, watching passing cars. The horse was the 11, her eleven-year-old daughter. She said Honey was the perfect patient horse for a girl who had difficulty riding because of back issues. She was really starting to gain confidence with Honey, and was, Honey was extremely important to her. Pinedo said. <sighs> so when I when I saw that it was um, it was the result of a, a horse being shot caught on surveillance camera. I could only assume that people are riding horses down Main Street like Topeka. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, As they do to get yeah, to work. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like because. You know, there's obviously not surveillance cameras up in the country, so mm-hmm. and like you know, surveillance camera caught one of numerous horses in metropolitan Kansas city, cities, and uh, we saw it get shot. Yeah, I mean, they usually take their horses to to the work at the Prairie Dog Meat Rendering Processing Factory, factory yeah. where they all work. I assume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't understand this kind of anger, this kind of hatred, this type of violence. That w- what would drive somebody to do this? Police are investigating uh, a copy of the video. The family is left to wonder, why would anyone do such a thing? I want them prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I want them to pay for what they did to Honey. Honey did not deserve this. Honey is now glue. <laughs> Good gravy. <laughs> Have some compassion for Honey, the dead Kansas horse. For Christ's sakes. I'm so sorry. More important Kansas news for you. Kansas area clowns are upset about recent clown fears. Yeah. So uh, reports of creepy clown sightings are terrifying people throughout the country. They've been spotted in upwards of 15 states doing odd things on Facebook accounts. On Friday, multiple Facebook accounts set up 
for clowns, contacted junior high school students in St. Joseph's, and even made a threat to the school district. All these sightings have given professional clowns in the area a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Clowns have such a sterling reputation, usually. Yeah, you know, they're grown men who choose to paint their face and go to children's parties. Mm-hmm. They're usually the pillars of the community, mm-hmm. especially in Canada. Uh, it's scary because I see comments from people that want to kill clowns, said Ivan Men- Well, that's where this is going. I mean, this is all fun and games until... The wrong Kansas resident gets scared by a clown, and he takes out his thirty-eight and turns his head into a fucking canoe. That's right. They haven't captured the horse shooter yet. (laughs) You can easily kill a clown. Uh, Mendez has been working as Carmelito the Clown for six years. Uh, He says he does it because of the joy he can bring to people Mm -hmm. when he leaves off the obviously terror terror and fear. (laughs) Exactly. It's like joy, and uh, there's a huge segment of the population that, yeah, terror. Terror Mm -hmm. is what they they associate with clowns. Yeah. a uh, little personal tidbit of information. No movie on this planet had a more profound traumatic effect on me as a child than mm-hmm. Stephen King's It. Mm-hmm. And since then, I have always hated clowns. <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep for a fucking week after watching that. And I questioned, why did my mom and dad let me watch it? They were obviously latchkey parents in the in the most ways. Yeah, know, we were obviously... Were uh, the result. The result of that, yes. But uh, but yeah, there was a... And then, then that book and that movie was not based on nothing. It, there was a pre, pre-existing fear of fucking terrifying maniac clowns. Uh, apparently, they're real. And uh, this one guy who is, a, is clearly a closet pedophile says, no, we're not. <laughs> I'm not going to go on with the rest of the article because it's just basically a love letter to how he gets ready and dresses up in his stupid makeup and goes to parties and terrifies yeah, young children in, in lieu of uh, joy, ruining their childhood much like it did for you. Yes. Kansas man faces jail if he does not tear down his personal backyard church. Okay. All right. In Topeka, Kansas, a man's time is up, and it's time to tear down the personal church he has built in his backyard in order to avoid having to go to jail. I'm sure this is, this is just some tax out, right? Ah, fuck. We'll find out. Uh, love thy neighbor is plastered on a sign attached to one of the structures, but there hasn't been much love from neighbors since he started building them near on 15 years ago. And they've been the source of several controversies in his uh, 33rd Street home. Myron Holter was convicted in the Topeka Municipal Court of violating six city ordinances last year, and he's fought to keep the structures code compliant since then. After hearing a district court in March, he was told that he must bring them to complete compliance or they must be removed. In July, he was sentenced to 90 days in jail starting October 1st if he does not take down the non-compliant structures. There is an image of these church structures, Colin, and I'll show it for mm-hmm. uh, you and for our, you know, our viewers on the sure. on the uh, our hidden satellite feed that we give out to only... Best listeners, yeah. They're basically plywood structures that look like what goes up after a massive hurricane strikes the uh, mm-hmm. the coastal areas of America. Well, uh, I think they look like FEMA could do worse. Yeah, the um, I, you know he says church. I have a sneaking suspicion these are actually raping shacks. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Something funny. His house isn't good enough. Raping shack in himself. He's you know, a special you church. Know, you don't get all that blood and fecal matter. fecal matter and whatever else is entailed in a Kansas rape in your home. That's fair enough. That's why you build yourself a raping shack. Yeah. Everybody no. needs a good raping shack. <laughs> this is, one of the neighbors said jail is not the answer, in my opinion. Making the structures up to par. Uh, Jail's the biggest raping shacks there are. <laughs> <laughs> you may be quite happy there. At this point, I just want the structures torn down. If he does not show up at the Department of Corrections to begin serving his sentence, the court will issue a bench warrant for his arrest. You look at these structures, these plywood weird things that have Bible quotes written all over them and it's presumably written in human fecal matter. Um, You think this is your average Kansas home. 
you know, I don't realize. I'm, I'm frankly surprised at all the fuss. Yeah. I guess is what I'm getting at. It just Maybe it's a mosque. <laughs> I mean, they don't say what kind of church it is. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely upset Kansans. I mean, yeah, just, a, sure. just a plywood shack built in your backyard and says church, that's pretty much yeah, they're every other Yeah, they're raping shack, and they're saying yeah. that's a pipe bomb shack. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Final Kansas story for the day. Frankly, this usually is my favorite part of the show, Colin, but it brings me almost no joy today. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks lost to the Texas Tech Red Raiders 55 to 19. So, so Kansas scored more points than us. Is Kansas scored right. 19 points, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough to take joy in their misery whenever we're also so miserable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I, I put that on Missouri. Yep. Not Kansas. They just did what they do. I'm an overall know? miserable human being as is. Yeah. I don't need Missouri's help. No, I mean, and kudos to Kansas for doing their part and losing badly to a, to a mediocre in-conference rival. But, uh, yeah. They are consistent. They yeah, are consistent. But it, I can't take any fucking joy in it. No really, that is, that's the biggest crime of all. Mm-hmm. So with that, I guess I'll just sadly say that's the end of Kansas news today. So, Colin, there we've done it. We've, we've managed to get through the LSU-Missouri game and scream and bluster and curse. Uh, we managed to get through Kansas news. I guess maybe we should get creative since there's a, a segment of the show we really haven't been able to do in two years and really want to. Uh, we have a segment we like to call Sour Grapes. Yeah. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Sour Grapes. And this segment is basically a segment where we would, after a big win against an SEC opponent who had dismissed us, we would go trolling around Twitter for their yeah. tweets about us and, and take joy in their misery. Yeah. Both in making shitty predictions about us getting whooped and then also them angrily cursing us out whenever yeah, we beat their beloved team. Lots of excuses. And so we're going to play hashtag fuck Missouri. Unfortunately, no sour grapes. Sour grapes. What we're going to do, I guess, Colin, you got some tweets. Yeah, these are tweets mostly from Mizzou fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to go, we're going to go from it this, at this direction. And these are not terrific, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, God damn it, I wanted to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, why not? So here we go. Can. Number one. At Matthew Rayo says, you know who sucks at the game of football? Question mark. The Missouri Tigers. Sour grapes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I can't disagree with him. To the point. Yeah. Yeah. CJ underscore Urbane says, Mizzou football is an embarrassment. Sour grapes. Do we need to play sour grapes? I don't know if this is sour. Sour grapes. (laughs) Oh, this one I particularly liked. At Bunnyhopper88 put, White men obsessed with watching low IQ black men throw a ball are pathetic cocks. What does that even mean? It's I don't know. Hashtag racial. fuck Missouri. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Somebody's very angry. Well, she looks like a very, um, I don't know, real warm, giving, caring nurture. Uh, let's see we here. We go racial on that. Yeah. At Myers Mister wrote, at Mizzou football was terrible. They need to stop getting intimidated and play. Hashtag. Fuck Missouri. Hashtag fuck Missouri, huh? I don't disagree with that. Yeah. They, no, I mean, uh, yeah, it's a valid assessment of the game. You know, I stop mean, being intimidated. Stop playing like fucking pansies. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree completely. Um, I would also do a terrible job as a college football player. Mm-hmm. I should preface it by saying that. You, I are, not you are doing a terrible job as a college football analyst. Yes, absolutely. I always have. Uh, at HD Swafford, mm-hmm. number two, says, At Mizzou football is still my team, still my boys. Hold your heads up. Cannot change tonight. Only move forward. Hashtag Mizzou football pride. Oh. I want to throw that one in for you, Brennan. You know I hate that shit. Oh, boy. Nobody hates 
empty, feel-good... Pollyanna. Pollyanna tweets more than me, especially... especially being drum 42-7? Yeah, being... I mean, if there's a time that calls for it less. I mean, there are times, I feel like, in one's yeah, life... Yeah, like the Georgia game. Like, keep your heads up, boys. That was a valiant effort. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know... This was not. This was hot <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> It was. So shut up with your fucking keep your heads up shit. All right. Sometimes we need at a little corporal punishment. Kalen underscore Chris wrote, at Mizzou football, how about them Tigers from LSU? Somewhere, oh. Delaware State and their fans are laughing, probably in Delaware. Pathetic. Hashtag fun Missouri. I, I, don't, I don't think the Delaware State people feel any better about getting beat 79 and I'm nothing by a team that, that just got... I'm not certain Delaware watch college football, yeah. so I don't know how much solace they can take. We know this. they don't have TV broadcast or radio broadcast. They only have their webcasts. No, they do not. So all you Delaware State fans watching on the web... Mm-hmm. Uh, not, it's just not where I would have thought to go with that. At Duncan1027 wrote, Fuck Mizzou football. Bums. <laughs> Hashtag fuck Missouri. So, bumps. And he also, uh, two uh, middle finger emojis as well. So, do they have he, middle finger emojis? Yeah, they sure do. Oh, God, that he, changes my life. <laughs> He's, he kind of gets straight to the, cuts right to the quick. Yeah. I, you know, so I much prefer that type of tweet to the, keep your hands up, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Still my team. Love you. Whoop, whoop. Woo. At Brian V. Bradford, granted, oh, this is, I think this was a LSU person. So, granted, it was Mizzou. But loved what I saw for my LSU football team tonight. Way to play football. Love Coach O, and maybe he'll stay. Hashtag Pope Missouri. So this was, you know, I, I, I liked this one because it just, just dismissed just, us. Yeah, they're just like, like, hey guys, don't get too, don't get, go get over your skis. We just beat Missouri. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't get too excited. That's the, one of the reasons I was so mad too was that when we interviewed the LSU guys, they were very dismissive of Missouri as an opponent. I think, um, and rightly so, apparently. And rightly so. Yeah, they proved themselves correct, and but they were like, hey, you know, we, even though it's Missouri, you know, we still got to think about um, us. This was a response to the. At Mizzou Network by um, that Matt Boinkin. Instead of saying highlights, maybe just instead say clips because mm-hmm. they were, you know, <laughs> posting highlights of the game. Yeah, and yeah. he uh, astutely said, "Let's just call them clips. highlights." A little, <laughs> yeah, little strong, a little strong, a little, <laughs> yeah, I little like too that. much. I like that. So uh, at Coach B Kirk put at Mizzou football. There were no highlights from this game. DVR already deleted. <laughs> so no need for a rewatch. Pretty much. Uh, Pretty much know what happened. I kind of like this. Just keep keep on coming. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this, it's nice to know what uh, the other fans feel exactly the same way I do. So at Queen of Football mm-hmm. uh, wrote, "I'll be the judge of that." Yeah. Why everyone hyping up this LSU win like they wasn't playing Mizzou? Hashtag fuck Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> so again, again, uh, illustrating what the rest of the world thinks of us. That mm-hmm. Maybe that we should think of us. Yeah. But uh, I can't and, disagree just, with we, the Queen of Football's <laughs> assessment of this game. No, I mean I'd, I don't have a single weapon to come. At the queen of football no. on that. She's completely no. accurate. In Her majesty is completely right. <laughs> Long may she reign. Scott Galding at WS Galding wrote, LSU had 636 yards of offense versus the Mizzou Tigers, their highest ever in an SEC football game. Congrats, Coach Olderon. Ogeron. Ogeron. There you go. Hashtag fuck Missouri. So, Incorrect. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know that. There's a stat that Brian would have thrown at us mm-hmm. if you were here. But mm-hmm. uh, 636 yards of offense, highest ever in an SEC football game. So congratulations, Mizzou. Yeah. You got another record, books. Yeah, another big one for way the Way to players. go, Odom. Way to go, Coach Odom. Way to, yeah. Way Wrong to coach. Make your, way to make your mark. Wrong Coach O, unfortunately. All right. At J underscore Graham 17, Mizzou has a negative run game. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's uh, yeah okay. Two sure. different types of tech mobile schools scores in the last couple of weeks. Yep. So unfortunately, that was our last one. Well, no, I have one for oh, you. Oh goody! Yeah. Oh goody! This one says hard to watch the Tigers play tonight, not because they're doing so badly, but because of these itching, oozing pustules on my penis. At Brian Goers. It's <laughs> crazy. No. Like apparently Brian was watching the game. I don't know why he shares his medical problems on Twitter know. like that. I don't but, know. Yeah, but anyway, so. that was that was hashtag fuck Missouri Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes. Sort of the, the stillborn aborted version of it. I'm glad you decided to do that, Colin. It made me feel better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love rolling around in their misery? <sighs> so uh, I say, here's, here's what I say we do to close out this show, Colin. Take another break cut ourselves a little, mm-hmm. and we go around the horn with the SEC. Huzzah. Huzzah. This is the Mazzotcast. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. They stink worse than Josh Augusta's jockstrap. The Mazzotcast. Loves football. You know what that sound means, Colin? It's time to go around the horn. It's, oh, wait. Should I should I pause for a second, Colin? Am I forgetting someone? I think that you are. Yeah. All right. Well, let's fire him up. The old Paul Finebot. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. All right. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you. Let's get to it now. The first game on the docket, the reason it pisses me off is because Alabama played Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kentucky, one of the lowly turds of the SEC, which we are finding ourselves mired amongst. Yes. And uh, they played one of the top teams in the Mm, SEC, like we did this Mm -hmm. weekend. Sure. Um, Obviously, Kentucky lost. Yeah. uh, But the game was 34-6, to which was far more competitive score than what we did. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Kentucky managed to put up a couple field goals, get on the board, and Alabama did their workmanlike best to uh, whip their ass, go 5-0. So, number one, Alabama is still undefeated, and Kentucky is now sitting at 2-3. But unlike us, they have a a conference win. Yeah. So, (laughs) congratulations, Kentucky. Number two might be coming when Mizzou. <laughs> Unfortunately, we just don't know. Uh, the second game is uh, Texas A&M playing South Carolina. South Carolina, another team that we have to beat if we want to salvage the season anyway. South Carolina put a an a valiant effort in this game. Yes, sir. They uh, did not get you know just run out of the stadium as many had have predicted. Mm-hmm. Um, That's correct. So uh, I don't know what that's if that says South Carolina is better than I thought, or if that says that Texas A&M is you know five and zero for the third year in a row is probably just going to fall on their face again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So 24 to 13 was the final score. South Carolina didn't look terrible. They only managed one touchdown, but it was a, like you said, a valiant effort. So uh, Ole Miss played Memphis and that's an interesting matchup because as we know, Memphis played Kansas and beat the living tar out of them. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Uh, Ole Miss had uh, no problem against Memphis. Ole Miss is one of the better teams at three and two. I have to say mm-hmm. they've put regularly putting up 
close to 50 points on yep. on people. They won 48 to 28 in that non-conference game. Arkansas played Alcorn State, another one of those cupcake matchups, and they did what they're supposed to do. Number 20, Arkansas won 52 to 10. A game that is of interest to us in the East, Florida played Vanderbilt, and that's a real interesting matchup because yep. Florida is, uh, I believe, your pick to win the East, uh, right? They're quickly falling from that spot. Yeah, they did not look very good against a bad Vanderbilt team who's winless in the conference. Managed to win, but at only 13-6. to six. They've got a good defense and a poor offense. They're kind of like Mizzou last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not predicting them to win the SEC East. No. That's probably a wise choice, Paul. Yeah. Unlike and, me. Yeah, unlike you, yeah. Auburn played Louisiana Monroe, and as you might expect that game, it was 58-7. to Very similar to what we yeah, 42-7 so. beatdown yep. that we suffered. Yep. The other SEC game I think is worth most of our attention is another East matchup when Georgia played Ugh. University of Tennessee Volunteers. What so. a shit show this game was. Georgia, oh. you know, inexplicably found a way to beat us, but... Uh, all they had to do was knock down a ball on a Hail Mary, and they won this game. Oh, and they, shit. of course, hey, Georgia, newsflash, it wasn't Mark Rick. You're just inept. <laughs> I um, know. I know they fired their coach. That's one thing I do think is funny. They got rid of Rick because he, he apparently wasn't good enough for them because they're supposed to be in the national title every year, I guess, according to Georgia fans. They let this slip away. Yeah, they made a valiant march and touchdown, and, and it pretty much sealed the game. I mean, they, like, last second, that... that the, their quarterback East or what Eastman or I don't know what the fuck his name was. <laughs> you know the guy that beat us, uh-huh. freshman. More heroics for the freshman there. I thought, boy, they're not going to be able to stop talking about this kid. Yeah. And then they have an, a celebration penalty, uh, which gives Tennessee good field position. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Dobbs throws up a lollipop, uh, hail mary to the end zone, and mm-hmm. no one from Georgia knocks it down. No one. No one was in front of him. No, they were right all behind his him. Fucking bread basket. It was. It was just the most retarded thing I'd ever seen. And yeah, and Georgia fans were again, already about ready to yeah. charge the field. They just decided it was over. Once again, Tennessee finds a way to win and the end of the game. And it's one of those things where now Tennessee's sitting at five and zero, as predicted by everyone. But they've looked bad in every single game. They're not bad, but they've not looked like... Yeah, they've not been... They've certainly not won anything handily. And you would think that people would be questioning Tennessee now, but because they're pulling out the wins, they're now they're... Now they're well, I think if anything, now, it gives people more confidence in them. It's like, hey, this team's never out of it. Oh, yeah. They, they, their MO is that they play from behind well, and then the, the people who should be nervous about Tennessee are strong as ever, like Paul Feinbaum. Tennessee is still the pick to win the SEC East. Yeah, exactly. That, he's going to keep saying that right up to the end. So that was a miserable game, and only... Well, I what between Florida and what Florida and Georgia are doing, I mean, now it's it's getting to a point where Tennessee would really have to fall on their face not to win the East. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. At five and zero. Oh. Yeah, and and after the Georgia game and after the Delaware State you know video game score we put up, mm-hmm. I thought, well, we may not win enough, but we'll compete with everybody. And obviously, mm-hmm. we learned this week we are not going to compete with everybody. No. because. And so with that, before, I was thinking, well, when Tennessee, when we match up with Tennessee, maybe we'll put a scare into them. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have any confidence in that now. Yeah. Because the final game on the docket was Missouri playing LSU, where, of course, as we mentioned, we lost 42-7. to <laughs> Let's look at next week, shall we? First on the docket are foes from this week, LSU will be playing Florida, which after the way Florida's been playing and after what we saw against LSU, you have to think that uh, the Tigers from Baton Rouge are strong favorites in that one as well. Well, I will say this about Florida, is their defense is their strong suit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, DeMonte Cross isn't going to f- to become the defensive coach for Georgia or Florida over the 
the week and uh, destroy their defense. So they can they may be able to do a little better job of holding LSU to a, a less offensive explosion. Than possibly, Missouri. possibly. Although all I would gladly give Fournette. him to them Devonte Cross if they would take him. <laughs> all indications are that Fournette will be probably back, and that's another. Not that thing. it matters. No, obviously. I mean, well, that's one thing that going into the game we could have looked at it as a sign of optimism. But I honestly think now that. LSU, rightfully so, looked at us as an easy win and rested Fournette. Like, mm-hmm. if he really wanted to get out there, I think he could have suited up. But they just thought, why should we uh, risk his injury? Got a couple four or five-star kids right behind him ready to roll. Do just as much just damage Missouri, to, yeah. obviously, as the queen of football told <laughs> That's right. Her majesty. Mm-hmm. Well, I miss you, Rain. Yeah. Auburn plays Mississippi State in a matchup of turds. In the SEC West, probably some of the bottom feeders from the West this year, Auburn and uh, Mississippi State, so that will help boost one of their records. Mm-hmm. Tennessee will play Texas A&M. Now, this is a battle of two 5-0 and teams, that, yep. one that is highly heralded, one that is mildly heralded. They're both, both going to be five and 5-0, I feel like, are a little overrated. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tennessee was ranked number 11 going into this game. I guess, that I don't, do you think they'll go up? Will they go down? Yeah, after? they'll go up. I think as long as you keep winning, you're going to go up, you're especially you're in the SEC. I mean, as much yeah. as I hate to feed into that SEC bias, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're winning in the SEC, you're doing something right, according to the, the people who pick rankings. Right, and A&M is uh, number nine already, so they are a top ten team. That will be one of the top matchups in college football sure. next week. I'll be watching. Yeah, and I'll be rooting heartily for the Texas A&M yep. Aggies. Go so. Aggies. Uh, Vanderbilt will play Kentucky, so uh, one of those two teams will get an SEC win. Well, good for them. I, I don't know who to pick in that one, honestly. I mean, they've both shown signs of being terrible, and they've both shown signs of being able to compete to some small degree. I mean, I'm just going to pick Vanderbilt because I think their defense is better. Yeah, just, I mean, Vanderbilt did very, very well luck. against Florida. They weren't able to put much on the board, but they, they it was a close game, and Kentucky didn't. They didn't. Where's it at? It, it is going to be in Lexington, so Kentucky has the home field advantage there. So maybe you should go with Kentucky. Well, you know, who cares? Vanderbilt. <laughs> Ultimately, who cares? Right. Uh, then Alabama will be playing Arkansas, so I think Arkansas is going to come back down to reality. Mm-hmm. Arkansas is, by the way, winless in conference play. They're sitting at 0-1, yep. so even though they're 4-1. and fully expect yeah. Alabama to push their turds way, way up there. Yeah, this will be one of those instances where I do think the SEC West schedule will start to yep. chip away at Arkansas. It's be a firm turd pushing. That's right. And then the final game on the docket is the University of Georgia will be playing at South Carolina. I expect this to be a bloodbath. Do you? Yeah, I think Georgia is going to come off that win. I mean, some people say, oh, they're probably going to be really deflated. After I'm like, I think they're going to be like frustrated. Mm -hmm. They lost, they let that one slip away. And so they're going to take that out um, on South Carolina. Well, I mean, (laughs) you look at what Georgia did in Missouri. After they remember they well, on had top their, of South Carolina just being bad, they're they they're injured. I mean, half their fucking team isn't healthy. So yeah. I just feel like Georgia's going to club them to death. Certainly, the favorite uh, will be Georgia, but I just don't know what the what the line would be and what would be accurate. But uh, I guess I yeah. take two touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a that's a hot take from Colin. Yeah. And one thing you'll not notice on the uh, docket for next week is the Missouri Tigers, Tigers, who will be going into their bye next mm-hmm. week, and probably a good we'll have time. Six hundred o- yards of offense against the bye. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Hopefully, get our hopes up, and then uh, maybe shit down both legs. Yeah. We've got plenty of time to lick our wounds. I don't know what our injury report looks like. We had a lot of bad ankles going into the LSU game, but mm-hmm. most of the guys were listed sort of day to day. But uh, yeah. I would think we'd be pretty healthy, being as I didn't hear. 
any of our players' names being called ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even sure they played, Brennan. So mm-hmm. they may, they've got to be really healthy and rested. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. I mean, it is it is one of those. It's, we're entering the point in the season where we know what we are to some degree, mm-hmm. more, certainly more than we did a couple of weeks ago. I don't have a lot of faith in them, but we're entering a string of somewhat winnable games. Although I will say the next game we got to take on two weeks will be Florida at Florida, and I have absolutely no confidence in us. No. Why would we? Because, and not because Florida is so great, but because they do have a strong defense. And if we play teams with a good defense, we don't have a shot because our defense is blows ass, as yeah. we, as we yeah. mentioned. And if you can shut down our passing game, we don't have a running game. And so hey, you've done enough. Is your offense inept? Come play the Mizzou Tigers and DeMonte Cross's new style of defense. Yeah, it's well. called... Fucking sieve. <laughs> Get ready to score some points. What do you think about the middle of the field? We'd like to gift it to you. Yeah, here we go. Hey, we're just going to have our defensive line kneel at the, at the snap of each ball, and we'll just let the, everybody else figure it out. From yeah, there. I don't. I don't think Florida's that great. I just think that they match up very poorly with us. You know, Brennan. If we play a team that has a weak defense, even if they're not a bad team, we can stay in it. Thus, Georgia. But uh, yeah, Georgia's secondary was crap. And Florida's is not, so therefore Florida will blow us out. And yeah, I'll, t- I'll repeat that next week when we talk about it in our bye yeah, episode. Yeah, exactly. The um, the bye week will be just us um, screaming about how much Florida is going to be us by predictions and mm-hmm. you know the whatnot. So that actually, uh, what, what, Paul, who do you think would win versus Missouri versus Florida? I'd like. I'm curious to know what your take would be. Florida. Yeah. Okay. Brings me to a, a little piece of information. We got a request from one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. At Erica says stuff, one of our biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. And she asked us to make a little announcement. She did indeed. Happy Apparently, to do it. unfortunately for us, she's a married woman. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because yeah. we're and she's married. always trolling for anything yeah. we can get our hands she's on. She's married to a gentleman named Archer. It would be rude not to eat her pie, which I assume is not only hot, but also moist. Although, hopefully not flaky. Yeah, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. And she wanted us to tell Mr. Archer, mm-hmm. Sterling, Duchess Archer, that uh, she has purchased him. Tickets to Mizzou, Florida. Oh, really? That game yeah. we said is not going to be any good? For his birthday. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations, pal. Yeah, happy birthday to you. Your very, your very thoughtful wife has bought you tickets to uh, watch Mizzou get trounced by the Florida Gators. Good for you! Yeah. So, you know, happy birthday. Though I will mention, Brennan, anybody knows if they're married that the only real birthday present that a wife can give a husband is anal. <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind when the game goes south. Yeah, Erica, don't get your hot, don't, don't pat yourself on on the back too much. You've still got a a hefty tab to deliver on. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, drink up at that game. You're going to need it. <laughs> hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. So congrats, Archer. We we uh, you got a fine one there on your yes, hand. yes, you do. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, around the horn with the uh, SEC. So Colin, we've wasted everyone's hour of uh, listening pleasure here. Hey, at least we didn't waste three or four hours of their time like the Tigers mm-hmm. did. We just added to the misery. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we wrap things up, I want to thank everyone again for being so kind to us on iTunes reviews and also on our uh, website uh, survey, filling that out. We've, we've gone over, we mentioned we needed to get to 100 survey results before we could uh, start getting preferred status for advertisers, and we've met that criteria thanks to you guys. Uh, one thing I'd like to ask for is feel free to send us some emails at mizodcast at gmail.com or tweet to us at mizodcast. We'd be happy to read them on the show, much as we did for Erica before we suggested that she allow 
allow her husband to give her anal. Yeah. So if you'd like that kind of hot take directed directly at you in public, please yeah. if send you'd us like a message. us to request that your wife give you anal on the show, we're more than happy to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's going to get the emails pouring in. Yeah, yeah for sure. Another uh, little tip, olive oil works great in, in, in lieu of lube. Mm-hmm. So just so you know. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, thanks, Paul. <laughs> Paul knows what I'm talking about. You're right about that. Yeah, you do. So, uh, yeah, keep the uh, iTunes reviews coming. Keep subscribing. Keep telling friends. We love the iTunes reviews. And obviously the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twitter box is a good, a good place to go. There is a couple things, Brendan, before we wrap this up. We have an obligation to do, the first of which is the uh, TJ Mo Douche of the Week, college mm-hmm. football's biggest douchebag, is uh, awarded each week by us. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, TJ Mo is a former Mizzou wide receiver who was once much beloved but has mm-hmm. taken a turn for the full douche. And uh, in honor of him, the douche of the week, in my opinion, Brennan, is the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. I think just, that's a fine choice. It's just, you know, not only would it fill our black, black souls with joy to watch Tennessee lose, mm-hmm. to, to fucking shit down their leg the way they did in this game was just embarrassing and douche-worthy. Mm-hmm. It was, and I, I mean, we've clearly made Tennessee our mortal enemy this season mm-hmm. because we think they're so overrated, and yet they continue to pull out wins to spite us. And for Georgia assisting in them and doing that, I'd say, yeah, they are douche of the week. Douche of the week. Let's get on to happier awards. Yeah, Colin. so there's really only one choice for this next award mm-hmm. because it, Let's hear it. it's a positive award. It's an award that is exemplified by the spun gold hair of a former quarterback that played for our Mizzou Tigers. Hair that is immaculate, like staring at the face of God. And that award is the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. There's really only one choice. Bring it. Mr. Corey Fatoni. Yeah, back to that type of football it is. Eight punts, mm-hmm. six of which were inside the 20, mm-hmm. longest of which was 54 yards. Yes, indeed. So uh, Brent Musburger will tell you. Yeah, he <laughs> loves him for Well, one, he is a terrific punter, and two, yeah. the Tigers gave you no reason to say anyone else's name. I mean, Brent Musburger had nothing to say about the Tigers. What could he say? Well, I mean, you could, I guess, give it to Jamon Moore for his one reception. Yeah, yeah. That guy always, that guy's clutch in the big games. Oh, yeah. So, Corey Fittoni, as much as we love you, we don't like having to issue you this award. We but had to give it to you so often last year. I know. We really thought those days were behind us. I really didn't know if we were going to have to put the golden mantle on Corey again this year, but here we are. Yeah, clear off. A, if you've got any room, clear off a little spot in your trophy case because, again, you are Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game so there you go we done it we did it we wrapped this thing up and we did Nailed it without it. uh without tears yeah so um which can't be said for erica probably next no time. no no so, anyway it's a good pain it's a, it's a it's 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 a hurt so good type of situation <laughs> yeah well i'm really looking forward to hearing the details <laughs> well Brennan, i didn't really even get in all the details i mean she sent us a direct message on twitter and if, mm-hmm. i mean she went to great detail about her husband's penis mm-hmm. and how large and smooth it was not too veiny i believe was the word she used mm-hmm. wow erica says stuff really is an accurate twitter handle you know she's just, just beautiful cock so congratulations to him <laughs> thanks archer yeah you archer know. has a beautiful cock <laughs> So, yeah, great, great. I think that's how you close out a show. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. So, with that, I guess M I Z Z O U. Archer has a beautiful cock. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.